I'm Anna. And I'm Rachel. And this is The Creator's Chaos, a podcast for creators by creators. Through engaging, thought-provoking conversations, we empower you to embrace your unique self in the social media scene. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about how we can manage our time as influencers and creators. But first, let's get into our icebreaker of the day. The influencer tea I have today is a whole world that I never thought I would be talking about, and that is the Western influencers, specifically the NFRA drama, which is the National Rodeo Association. I didn't know what any of that meant, so if you don't either, it is okay. So essentially, there are a bunch of mainly TikTok creators who are like fashion girlies, but into Western fashion and rodeo, and they have like tons of followers. We're talking millions and above like this like group of influencers they're mega influencers and so there is this rodeo event that happens in Vegas every year in December and I'm gonna be honest I actually had saw like one influencer I follow go to this event and I didn't realize it was a rodeo when she was there I just thought she was at some like fashion event and that's kind of where a lot of this drama comes from because there's kind of two segments you have the segment that are upset with the fashion influencers who kind of just think that they're the top tier of this world like everyone should look up to them they're expecting people to pay if you want to have a photo taken with them and then there's this other side who really wants recognition in the rodeo in the sport itself however these influencers don't seem to really care about spreading awareness about the rodeo they're really there to just show their outfits it's almost like new york city fashion week for western rodeo influencers that's like what i was getting from this whole event and someone said all you really see from them is that they're in their Las Vegas hotels in their outfits or there was this like Christmas haul that they took photos in, but never any photos or videos of the actual rodeo. I love that you compared this to like the Western Influencers New York Fashion Week. I actually kind of come from this world a little bit. Like my parents are proud horse owners. We own a horse farm. I've been in the world of rodeos and horse showing and equestrian riding and things. I've been in that world my whole life. I'll say that I kind of go into the English world a little bit more. I was an English rider, not a Western rider, but my family did show in Western halter, in barrel racing. Like, so I have a very, you know, clear memory of going to the rodeo as a kid and I love animals and I love, you know, working with animals and I love riding. I miss riding, but it's so funny because this doesn't shock me. As soon as I found out what the NFR was, because I had no clue, but it's the national finals of rodeo and it's like the top 15 people come to this event and they compete in their sport, essentially the Super Bowl for rodeo events. And there is so much excitement in these events because it's a sport. So you get behind your favorite rodeo stars, you get behind your sport. It's just kind of insane if you've ever been to a rodeo. What they do, bucking, I can't. I I couldn't stay on a horse while it was like rear-ending me off. Like I've been on a horse while that's happening. It is not fun. People choose to do this for fun. Needless to say, I just spent how much time talking about the rodeo and not once did I talk about the fashion? Did I talk about the people attending the rodeo? Like there is so many cool things going on. And somebody like Anna and I, who aren't regulars at the rodeo, would like to learn more about the rodeo or like what the sport entails or like the creators who are doing this sport. And instead, this event is being taken over by influencers. And that really makes me sad because like you said earlier in the episode, there is a lot of good that can come from having a platform and being a content creator. We could be bringing awareness to the sport because we see football 
all day long on the TV, but nobody sees a rodeo being advertised on TV. Not at all. The other thing is in these types of sports, a lot of times there is not an equality to the amount of marketing, to the amount of money, to the amount of fairness that is being put behind these events in terms of gender equality. So another thing that I was thinking around this event with all this drama is there is such a discrepancy happening between the male contestants and the female contestants at this rodeo. And they're not getting the same coverage. They're not being treated fairly. Like the men's is taking priority clearly than the women's. And that's really sad to see in 2024 when a lot of our influencer things kind of deal with this discrimination and inequalities to, you know, a large demographic. And so I think it's really interesting that the influencers are actually harming this rather than using their platforms to help this. Because from what I've been seeing, most of the influencers have these more followers that are attending this rodeo that are more concerned with their fashion than anything else going on. They're primarily females. And what could they be using their platform for is bringing awareness to A, the event and B, the inequalities within this event and really promoting female riders who we should be resonating with and things like that. I just think this is a prime example of content creators who aren't using your platform for good and instead are feeding into the noise of fit checks and the noise of get ready with me rather than really promoting the event they're at. I love the way you said it's feeding into the noise because I think it does beg this question of as influencers, as creators, when you have a platform, no matter the following size, but probably even more so when you have these crazy numbers, it begs the question of what kind of responsibility do you take on? And I think you do take on responsibility in whatever area you're talking about, whether that is the rodeo or anything else, whatever your main topic is, you kind of take on some responsibility and need to call out when things need to be changed or brought up. And this would have been such a great time to highlight women writers instead of look at my fashion, I'm better than you, actually you need to pay to take a photo with me, which is insane to me. I can never imagine going up and being like, hey, yep, $5 a pick. Could you imagine, Anna? No, I think we should charge people from now on. But no, like, you're so right. Like, why are you there? It's all about your why. Like, why are you there? And why do you want to be at this event? So be talking about those things rather than posting the same type of content you're always posting. I also have to say, when Anna sent me this video, never in a million years was I going to think it'd be about this Western influencers click. Like, I was kind of confused for a second when they were like, you know, it's about the Western influencer girlies. I'm like, who is this Western influencer? Who are these people? And I'm like, oh my God, there's a whole world here that we never knew about, which is cool to experience and cool to see. But it's really sad that they're using this niche they have in such a negative way and charging people for photos at a rodeo. It's not the influencers rodeo. Like there is bull riding and there is timed events and there is like a ton of different like rope throwing and things like there's cool stuff. Wouldn't it be cool to learn more about it through these influencers that I admire or resonate with. It's a missed opportunity from them. And I can totally understand where participants in this rodeo, attendees in this rodeo are going, what am I getting myself into? Like, Because it doesn't feel like a rodeo. It feels like Comic-Con for influencers. We want to know what your thoughts are. Do you think when influencers have a big voice in a certain niche, do they take on more responsibilities? Yes, of course, you can still share your rodeo fashion. It's a way to bring people 
people in. But once you have the people in, I think it's time to start spreading awareness because I think that would have been cool. It is a missed opportunity. We could have learned so much about rodeo and the riders and I still don't know anything about them. And that would have been a really cool thing to learn about. And I love that you keep bringing this back to when you have a large following, do you take on the responsibility of these challenges and obstacles and issues that do come up within your niche? And I think yes, because when I think about when I was a kid, how did we get our news? We got our news from the TV, from the newspaper, the radio station. That was about it. Now we get our news at the palm of our hands through our phones. And a lot of the times we're not out searching news. We're not going through Fox News and scrolling through the articles or Yahoo News. We are getting our news from social media platforms. And thus, when you have a large following, if there is a part of your niche, and I'm not saying you have to be vocal and active about every issue, but this is pertinent to your niche, Western influencer girlies. So bring awareness to it. Part of the reason why people follow you is because we resonate and we want to learn and grow through your platform. So don't miss this opportunity, A, to be a more well-rounded human being and B, to even experience new things with your audience. I just think about all of the younger girls who are watching them. And instead of seeing a woman on a horse competing in a rodeo, she's seeing women fighting over clothes. It is 2024. Let's be the role models that we wanted as a kid. In this world, there's so much going on. We can feel so overwhelmed and alone and having a good time management schedule can really help keep us on track. And we want to share with you on today's episode how we do it. Time management, it kind of goes hand in hand with balance, which every time we talk about balance, we're like, we're still always searching for the answer. And I feel like time management is something that, yes, we can enhance and grow our skills at, but I think because of how changing and evolving life is, our time management approach also has to be flexible within those parameters because this month might look different for time management three months from now because of where you're at, what you're doing, where your energies are lying and how you want to get to your goals, which we talked about three weeks ago. You striving for your goals is not going to always be the same percentage or the same energy level all the time. So I think that with time management, while we're talking about this, don't think that you have to have the same time management every day or every week or every month of the year. It's going to look a little different and we're constantly searching for what works for us. And this is what works for Anna and I. And I hope that you can use this episode as you're experimenting this year and finding what works for you. But don't always pigeonhole yourself to I'm not achieving what I need to achieve through my time management. I wanted to bring this topic up because so many of you actually said that you were dealing with time management in different ways. Some of it was straight time management. Some of it was by saying there's too many platforms, there's too much this. And it really does boil down to picking our times, what makes sense for us. And I think time management is extra challenging for influencers and creators because of all the things we have going on. And I wanted to just share a little list of all the different things that we have going on. This is not even a full list, but I wanted to kind of put it out there to show, wow, there is a lot that we have to be keeping in mind when we think about time management. We're usually creating multiple concepts every week, caption ideas, video 
video, pictures, for us, podcasts, whatever you may be doing, there are so many different ideas going on. That's a lot of energy every week to be thinking about. Engaging with other accounts. We know how important it is to reach out to others, to be engaged in the community, but it eats up a lot of time. You could be in the comment section for way longer than you think you are. Replying to emails can also take so much time. We get so many emails a day. And I'm going to say like 70% of the emails you don't even want to respond to, but you should anyways. And emails. Along with that, you know, taking this the next step and thinking about monetization, we have pitching where we have to not only reach out to the brands, but it's also all the research that goes into pitching as in like finding the right contact information, writing up the pitch itself, adding the links, putting your media kit together, putting your rate card together. And then you also have multiple accounts to run. I want to say I'm not speaking for every creator and bet you that most creators have at least two platforms that they are consistently active on. Upward of five to seven platforms like Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, YouTube, X, Lemonade, LinkedIn, blogs, podcasts, threads. Oh my gosh, I keep forgetting about threads. Threads. What? That's 10 platforms right there. Facebook groups. Like that is just insane to me. Sure. Can we repurpose our content from platform to platform? Yes. But we still have to post. We have to engage. We have to write the caption. We have to get the hashtags. We have to add the location. We have to hope that the technical issues didn't wreck our posts in the process of uploading. And And then on top of that, there are full-time creators, which is awesome, like Anna. And there are creators like me who have three other part-time jobs while also being a content creator. So we all are dealing with so many things. And it's funny, we talk about this a lot, Anna and I, that we don't work nine to five jobs. We work 8 a.m. to midnight jobs because we are constantly doing something for our job, I feel like at all times. Like if we're not actively doing something to help our career or our content creator career, we are thinking about something to help us in the future. And we're planning and we're prepping and we're like, oh, I need to write that down on my to-do list. It's just never ending. It really is never ending. And when we listed all of those out, my mind kind of went to how different all of these things we have to do are. They're not similar. And I think that makes time management more confusing because you're constantly switching your brain from really creative to analytical to writing. I mean, it's just a constant change. And that's a lot. It's a lot to have to keep changing your mind. I remember back in school, they used to always say that your mind works really well on one particular task and one thing that's like similar, but it doesn't do well when you have to start doing all of these things that aren't related, which is essentially what being a creator is. They feel all unrelated. And so starting through that, how do we even determine what we should prioritize? Because I think that's like the number one key thing in time management is deciding what is our like top priorities. We just need to get to those, right? Like the other things, they matter, of course, but those like top three priorities are what you need to focus on and really put your energy into. But how do we even know what our top priorities should be? That's tough because we want everything to be a priority, I swear. Like as a content creator, I want my content to be at its top. I also want to be pitching all the time. I also want to be working with brands all the time. I also want to be podcasting all the time. But there's no way to do all of that all the time. So I feel like when you're trying to look at what you want to prioritize, like even if we take it on a day by day basis, a week by week basis, a month by month basis, I think 
deciding your priorities is a extremely important because then you're going to really put your focus into those. But I would say return to your why. I would say return to when we were talking about goal setting in our episode and talking about how we definitely have goals that nag at us. Pick things that you're really excited about. Pick things that you have clear visions for. Pick things that you're like, ooh, I haven't been on TikTok in a week. I need to be on TikTok this week because I really let that go last week. Think about how it's going to further your content creator journey. And I feel like put your priority in those things. And then once you get a really solid foundation on those priorities, you can start letting in other things that aren't on that top list that Anna was talking about. Once I feel steady in where I'm at with my website creation, then I can start putting that into the world in other places. But I have to take the time to prioritize to get my website up. And that might be letting go of TikTok for a week. That might be letting go of Pinterest posting for a week. You know, it's really thinking about how things will further yourself in your goals and where you want to be and your why, your mission statement. I like the way that you think about this in prioritization because it's really interchangeable. And I like that. Some weeks you're right. Maybe you need to go full steam with pitching because right now you haven't gotten any brand deals and you really need to make some extra money. Then we need to go full steam pitching and that might mean our third platform that isn't as important gets put on the back burner. I always like to say you should have one platform that really stays at the top. So for Rachel and I, you know it's Instagram. We love Instagram. And so for us, we will always prioritize Instagram. And then the second thing, you're right, can be interchangeable and it depends on what's going on. Do you have a bunch of brand partnerships do? Then obviously that now takes precedence over a platform that you haven't really started yet or a big project that you could put back a few weeks. And I think knowing that you can change your priorities can really help shift that mindset on how to make time management work instead of feeling like you always have to do 100 things on your task every day. It's so important, Anna, because I love how we're looking at this in a flexible way. Time management should be flexible because you have to be flexible to be a human being even and a content creator. Like you have to have an allowance of grace to allow yourself to take care of you, but also an allowance of getting my stuff together and my life together and getting it done because it's hard. It's hard to balance all the things as we've been talking about on this podcast up to date. We deal with a lot as content creators and it affects us in so many ways. So having clear priorities each week, even if it's just posting consistently on Instagram this week, even if it's I'm going to do the preliminary research on these brand contacts that I want to reach out to next week for pitching. So there are lots of options here. Don't feel like it always has to be the 100% priority every single time, every single week. TikTok may be a priority today. It might not be a priority in six months. You never know what's going to happen. So don't pigeonhole, don't hold yourself to standards that you should allow yourself to be flexible and fluid in. One thing you know Rachel and I love is tools, apps, different ways that we can manage our time, making it easier. There is a reason why there are so many tools and apps and things available to you because it really does change the game. So we wanted to share some of the ways we use calendars and time management tools to give you an idea. And remember, play around with these different ideas. Some may work, some you might not fit with. Find what works for you. Also know that there are more than just this list that we're giving you. Like there are a lot of options out there. So do your research, do your homework, 
find what works for you. But also know that a lot of these apps can be customizable to work for what you need them to work for, which is why we love them so much. Anna's apps and resources look nothing like mine, but they help us achieve our goals in similar ways. So as we're giving you this list, check these out. We're going to put them in the podcast description so you can just head there and click the link and see what it's all about. These really make a huge difference in reaching your goals and keeping things on track so that you don't have to boggle everything right in your brain. One we like is Trello. We've talked about Trello before. We love a Trello board, especially for the creative side. That's where I really like Trello because you can put up all your ideas and pictures. And like in the past, if we're doing like a content creator trip, you can share that with your fellow creative and collaborate on it. So that's why we like Trello. We've talked about Notion a ton. That is one of Rachel's absolute favorites. One I want to talk a little bit more on because this is a new one Rachel found. So do you want to share this new tool? Yeah, absolutely. So it is a calendar time management scheduler, essentially, called Reclaim.ai. And what it does is it syncs in your Google calendars. You can take multiple accounts and put them into one calendar. And then it allows you to add tasks that you want to get done and add a deadline of when you want to get that done. You can add meetings, one-on-ones in there. You can also add habits, which I love the most. So a habit is like posting to Instagram. So every day at 11, my schedule is blocked out for about two hours to engage and post on Instagram. And that clears my schedule every time. And then when I have tasks I need to do, like edit a concept or shoot a concept or emails or pitching, it puts that in based off where my habits are, like posting and things like that, that I do every week. I have the podcast episode editing is always the same block every Monday for my week. And then it'll put my tasks based off of when my deadline is for that task and based off of how much time I think I need for that task. It'll arrange my calendar for me. It's incredible. I love it. You can also set priorities. So like you can set a task as high priority or low priority. You can set your habits that way. The other thing you can do with Reclaim AI is you can really master what blocking time out is. So you can visualize it and see and drag your things and go, "Mm, I don't really want to pitch this day. Can I move this to Thursday? And then it'll move something to Thursday to Tuesday. And it's just so nice. And it really works. I will say it's a little pricey per month. I pay $10 a month for it, but it has changed the way I organize my day. And it's been really, really a game changer in getting everything I want to get done in a week done without overcomplicating and trying to do too many things at once. I'm definitely going to be checking this out because I love how it kind of takes the thought out of it for you because like our next one we were going to say is Google Calendars, which is still a great option and you should still be using Google Calendars. I love Google Calendar because you can just easily see what days events you have going on. But so much time I spend looking at my Google Calendar and I'm trying to rearrange everything in my brain and this just does it for you. So I'm excited to check it out because that's a lot of brain energy that you are saving. You also can set your hours. My content creator hours are 8.30 to 3.30 every Monday through Friday because I teach from 4.30 to 9.30. So those are my feeder hours. You can like really split up when you want to work on what, what hours you want to work, when you want to balance your personal time. You can even put personal tasks in there that schedule during your personal time. It's just wonderful. If you're a content creator or work from home person even, this is a huge game changer. The last thing is just physical calendars, physical journals, planners. We love something physical because it's right there. I think when you have a tangible item, you're more likely to stick to it. It kind of feels real, at least 
news to me. It's just right there with you. You're able to look at it, see what's happening. So I would say it's really a big dependent on you, as we were saying before. Some of us want it to be online. Some of us want it to be physical. Try out different things. See how it works. If it doesn't, try something else. And I think an important thing to keep in mind when you're trying to plan out your calendar is finding what works for you versus getting stuck on one task or tool that is not helpful. It's all about getting things out of your brain and onto a physical space because there's so much. I think of things all day long that I'm like, oh, I have to start my Amazon storefront. Like I don't have time to do that right this moment, but something I definitely want to do in the next month. So I always, that's really small and makes a big difference is I always have a pad of paper next to me at my desk so that whenever something just goes into my mind or floods my mind, I can just write it down and then I can add it to the necessary place it needs to go later if I don't have time for it now, schedule it in my reclaim, put it on my Trello board or my Notion, wherever it needs to be. But I really recommend having a pad of paper or journal or notebook or something just next to you so that you don't always, oh my gosh, I have to log into my Notion right now and add that to my to-do list. Just write it down. Peace of mind that it's taken care of and that it exists somewhere in the universe because that's always my biggest thing is so much information in my brain. I don't always get it to where it needs to go and to make sure that I don't forget about it. The next concept is super important to us. We have talked about this time and time again, but it is why batching is so important for time management. Batching content is essentially, if you're like, what is this term? Just quickly, it's where you take all your content, you spend time just doing content, you know, you block off a Saturday or you block off a Sunday night, something like that, where you create all your content for the following week or for weeks to come, but you just always have a time that you're creating for hours rather than splitting that up day by day and going, I have to take one concept a day. It's so much easier to batch content because you can set your lights up, you can do whatever you need to do, have all your gear together, you're in the mind frame because that's what we keep talking about is how we switch back and forth emails to editing to caption writing to ah. So do yourself a favor, keep yourself in one mindset and batch your content. It also really helps you stick to a posting schedule. So if that's like your number one priority, this is going to help a ton. Usually the week prior, I pick out what I'm going to post and have the captions written for the next week. It's so much less stressful when you wake up in the morning and your photo and your caption and your hashtags are ready to go. It really takes a lot of anxiety out of posting because you've already reviewed it. It's been there. You know it's good. So that was just a little thing I wanted to throw in there that when you think about time management, Think about how you can batch your creative concepts and make it so your weeks are easier, making it so you can handle these other tasks at hand with a little bit more grace and a little less anxiety. And taking content doesn't have to be the only thing you do in a batch sense. You know, as we're talking about how hard it is to switch back and forth, like you can batch your caption writing. You can just say, hey, I'm going to block out the next hour and I'm going to write out all my captions for the next week. Or is it pitching? You can really block out this much time to get all your pitches done and your emails and things like that. So it doesn't just have to be content creation to be batched, but it's a great mindset to have is batching your tasks and your habits and your things to really keep you focused rather than having to jump through every hoop to balance everything. Our minds do so much better and our brains do so much better and our focus does so much better when we're really just thinking about the thing at hand rather than constantly switching back and forth. I got to edit my picture, then I got to do my caption, then I got to post it, then I got to do it all over 
tomorrow. Instead, help yourself out and batch things. So along with, you know, time management and all of these priorities that we have to balance, a big thing is how we balance brand partnerships and brand, you know, collaborations within all of this. Oh my gosh, we didn't even talk about that that much. We talked about pitching, but not even the idea of working with brands and how that takes so much time management than what we're used to. So how do you manage your time effectively when you're working with brands? I think it's such an important question because brand deals are so different month to month, week to week, day to day. Like brand deals are not consistent in the way our posting schedule might be. And so part of this is figuring out how many brand deals you realistically can take on a month. It's something we've talked about before when we talked about working with brands. And it's so important for our time management because if you're taking on five plus brand deals a month, it is a lot because there's so much more that goes into a brand deal than your typical posts. You have concepts you have to follow, editing techniques, voiceovers that they want, specific hashtags, specific things that need to be mentioned, invoicing. I mean, the list goes on and on. So you want to make sure you're not overwhelming yourself with all these different brand partners and getting burnt out from brand deals. So the biggest way to manage it is by knowing how many brand partnerships you can take on, knowing your schedule ahead of time so when it comes to posting, it doesn't have any conflictions. That is going to be the best way to set you up for a successful partnership into your time management because otherwise you're going to be adding all of this stuff on top and it's too much. And I would say if like a really cool brand opportunity comes up, that's when it's also okay to switch out that like third, you know, Pinterest that you never go on. Switch it out. Focus on the brand deal instead. It is okay to take on a brand deal and swap it for something else during that week or that time that is required for like a bigger partnership. And I almost say that you should be putting your brand partnerships on your priority list whenever the majority of the workload is happening for that brand partnership. If it's the week you got to post, if you got to get your post in for approval, then you got to turn around and post it and things like that. Like then that should be your top priority that week because that is a business that is paying you or is gifting you something. And you're really working hand in hand with this brand partner. And it's not just about your brand anymore. It's about how you're collaborating together. So I feel like that is a huge priority and should take precedent during the week, the month, whatever it is the timeline looks like. Really, really put these brand partners at a top priority because it's going to not only help you not get overwhelmed and freak out and like not do your best work because we always want to put our best foot forward when we're working with a brand. And secondly, it's going to get you a good reputation in the brand partnership world because brands talk. They talk when you don't get your deliverables in. So really always put your best foot forward. And I think that starts with making it a top priority. The final thing I want to talk about in this episode is are there any techniques that we have found useful in our own time management? Obviously, we talked about the tools, but there are also a little bit of techniques that is involved in time management and what works for us. Of course, there are so many out there. If you just Google time management techniques, there are going to be a ton. So find what works best for you but here's some that we like. Time blocking, which is a lot of what we talked about with batching and really making sure that our mindset's on one thing at a time. Time blocking is a huge thing because it really can deal with your productivity and how much you get done. Finding your work zone, like this can be your mindset zone. This can also be like a place that you always do your work at, your desk, things like that. Don't work from your bed. So find your workspace mentally and physically. And then one of the other things is flexibility when it comes to 
big projects or life circumstances. So that's the one thing that I feel like is a huge takeaway from this episode is time management is flexible and fluid and always should be. I feel like we always got graded on time management in school. And like even in our first couple jobs, it was part of the review. Like, how is your time management? I remember writing up like reviews for people in retail space and time management was always a big thing. But, you know, as I get older and as I change careers and as I look at it as a broader scope, time management is so varying from person to person, from niche to niche, from lifestyle to lifestyle. So always give yourself grace when you're looking at your time management, but be smart about how you do use your time. I think that's such a great takeaway because it really can be confusing. I think a lot of times we don't even know what we're comparing our time management to. It's probably something back from school and that's like outdated and doesn't work. And so sometimes we feel like we're failing at time management and we're not doing good at it. And you actually might be and you just don't even know because you haven't thought of it in a different way. We hope this episode helped. Next week, we are going to be talking about delegating tasks and actually are going to be interviewing someone who owns an influencer agency. I'm really excited about that podcast because A, I'm horrible at delegating and I don't know how to do that. And I also really want to know what it's like to have a manager or influencer agency. So if you're really excited like me, make sure you listen to our episode next week. And that episode will be coming out February 13th. If this episode resonated with you, we invite you to leave a review, rate, follow, and share with your creative bestie. Make sure to connect with us on our platforms at The Creators Chaos and our personal accounts at The underscore R Brooks and at Anna Page Morgan. Thank you so much for listening and being part of our community. 